Welcome to episode 88 of the practice of nonprofit leadership. I'm Tim Barnes. And I'm Nathan Ruby. Well, good morning, Tim. What's uh, what's new in your life today? Well, Nathan, I received another invitation to a golf fundraiser. It's definitely the season for golf fundraisers here in the Midwest. Well, that's awesome. Are, are you are you going to go? Are you going to go play? I don't know. I've got so many uh, invitations. I got to figure out <laughs> which <laughs> which one, if any of them, I'm going to go. Uh, Man, you're you're either really popular or a really big donor. One one or the other, Tim. Yeah, there's a lot of delusion going on right there <laughs> on both accounts. <laughs> Yeah, Tim, events are a pretty good way to connect with donors and connect with your community and raise awareness. And, and you know, hey, you could raise some money with events. So we're going to get into that today. And we're going to talk about three primary types of events and how they best fit your organization. Number one, Tim, um, the first type of event we're going to talk about is one where your primary goal is to raise awareness. And in, uh, in our work, Tim and I often hear statements from executive directors and board members that go something like, well, we're the best kept secret in town, or people would get to us more if they just knew about us. Uh, or a third one that we hear all the time is, We've been in this town for 10, 20, 30 years, and no one even knows who we are. So for organizations like that, an event, something that will build awareness, it is a good thing. So what's an example of an event that would build awareness? Well, one of them, Tim, is uh, think of a 5K run. Pretty popular. Uh, gained a lot of popularity pre-COVID. I mean, there was 5K runs all over the place. And of course, you know, they all went away during COVID and we're starting to starting to see a comeback on some of those. My wife is a, is a runner and uh, she gets invited, you know, kind of like you in the golf out. It's just constantly another another 5K coming in. So if you decide to have a 5K, how does that work for awareness? Well, first of all, you're going to attract new people that have never heard of your organization. People are going to come and participate in that 5K just because it's a 5k. So you get an opportunity to visit with them. You get an opportunity to meet with, to meet them. You can do uh, pre-event radio shows. Uh, and this uh, will especially work if you're in a smaller town. Radio shows are always looking for content. And if you call the radio station and say, hey, we're doing a 5k, can I come in and talk about it? Almost guarantee you that you're going to get a positive response for that. So you could do some pre-event relationship building on on the radio. You can add graphics into the race packet. So an infographic or a brochure or something about your organization. So most races, Tim, you get a little goodie packet of, of stuff and you just have information about your organization. So great way to get your name out there. So people that have never heard of you who come and participate can find out a little bit more about you. And then, of course, you know, sometime during the race, either right before it starts or at the awards uh, part, some part, there's probably going to be an uh, an opportunity for you to spend three minutes doing a quick commercial about the organization and what you do and and how you impact people's lives. So there are great opportunities in this type of an event to get your name out in front of people who have never heard of you. Nathan, I think social media is another good place 
because someone says, oh, 5K run, and then they start passing it on to their friends. Hey, we could join this. It, you know, it doesn't cost much to run. Let's let's do that. So social media could be a really good uh, opportunity in this case. Yeah, absolutely. No, no question about that. So then the question is, in this type of an event, will you raise money? Well, yeah. Yes, you can raise money, and you can raise some pretty good money with an event like this. So let's say uh, I asked my wife uh, this morning before we recorded, Tim, how much, you know, what is she, what does it cost to, to be part of these races? She said on average 35 to $40 uh, a pop. So, okay, well, let's, let's think big, Tim. Let's say, let's say you have a thousand runners and you've got $35 a runner. Okay, well, that's like $35,000 if my limited math ability is correct. Well, that's awesome. That's great. Well, but what if you have 50 runners or 40 runners or 60 runners? Well, okay, 50 times 35 is not quite as exciting as 35,000. Um, now, you can bump up your income from an event like this if you've got some corporate sponsors. Uh, that is a great way to increase the overall revenue of this type of event. But of course, that, that, assumes that you are able to go out and get corporate funding, uh, corporate sponsorships, which for a lot of executive directors of smaller organizations is kind of a struggle. I think one of the, one of the challenges I've seen is that oftentimes people get really excited about these kind of events, but they don't think about all the cost of it. So like even in this case, most 5Ks, you get a T-shirt. Or you get your prizes, you know, there's all these kind of things. So you need to make sure as you're thinking about, wow, $35,000, how much of that is going to go to all the peripherals that need to be taken care of to, to pull it off? Yeah, it's, it's a, yeah, that's a great comment, Tim. And because there's a difference between gross revenue and net revenue. And as fundraisers, uh, we sometimes, and as executive directors, we tend to focus on the gross the overall money that was brought in. And we use that as our metric and we fail to add in all of the hard costs and the soft costs uh, that go along with that. So that's something but that you have to factor in. We need to go back and say, what's the purpose? What's the primary purpose? And I think and, that's where you're taking us. Yeah, exactly. And so if your primary purpose is to raise awareness and then that's great. And, and it is a great thing to do. And it is a way to get your name out there. You just have to understand that if you are going to maximize revenue and if you want to generate revenue from a awareness event, that comes after the event. So how does that work? So let's say that you have, let's say you have 50 people that come to your, your uh, 5k. You have a great time. The weather was great. Everybody had fun. There's a lot of laughter. And, you know, after the event, you drove back home and you said, you know what? That was pretty good. Uh, that was a great event. People really enjoyed it. All right. Well, somewhere in there, you need to have picked out two or three or four or five people who came to that event that you can follow up with in the next week or in the next month. Um preferably sooner than a month, Tim, let's say next week or the next week, you know, people that, that now know who you are, they, they've got some understanding of what you do and there's an opportunity for you to follow up with them, build a deeper relationship. That's where the revenue comes down the road. So if you do the awareness event and that's all you do, 
that's okay, Tim, but just understand that the real fundraising opportunity comes down the road from this type of event. Moral of the story here, can you raise money with this type of event? Yes, you can, but remember that comes later down the, down the road. So besides, um, besides 5Ks and golf outings, Tim, you and I had talked a, a couple of ideas about this uh, before we started with the show. And, you know, one of the things we came up with was uh, if it, this will especially work if you're in a smaller uh, town. But what if you just set up at your favorite coffee shop? Of course, I would ask them prior to doing this just to make sure it's okay. But what if what if you just set up a table and you had some of your brochures and you were there and you just spent two or three or four hours and talked to people as they came through. Um, that would work, wouldn't it, Tim? Yeah. You know, again, we we immediately thought of coffee because it's one of our core values here at the <laughs> practice of nonprofit leadership. But, you know, even the idea of putting out there, I'm going to be at such and such coffee shop for, you know, from, you know, eight to 10. And the first 10 people that come in and talk to me, I'm going to buy your coffee that day. It's a small investment. And why don't you bring a friend with you and I'll buy their coffee. And so it's the idea that you're, you're there, people stop by, you have good conversation. So it's a great awareness, great awareness opportunity. And it doesn't cost a lot of money for for that. So that would be something to do in a particularly smaller town. Yeah. And, you know, another, another idea, and this is, we're actually one of the, one of the folks that we're coaching right now. Um, she tried this last month and had great success with it, but that was just a, a simple, fundraising, a restaurant fundraiser. So go to the restaurant, negotiate a 10%, 15%, uh, some type of gift to the organization. So 10% of whatever the take is for the night. You invite the people you know, you invite your donors to come and, and staff and volunteers and other stakeholders to come. But then while you're there, you can uh, chip in with the restaurant and say, hey, uh, I'll let me do the, if they'll let you, l- let me do the water refills. I'll, I'll refill the waters. So this gives you, as the executive director, you can hit every single table in the restaurant. And, you know, as you're filling up the water, just say, hey, you know, I'm so-and-so from so-and-so organization. We're the, we're the nonprofit that are receiving the, the gift from tonight. Thanks for coming out. These are the things we do. This is how we transform lives. This is how we save lives. And, you know, thanks so much for coming. And maybe there's a deeper conversation or, or maybe it's just that. But it's a great opportunity to connect with some of your donors in kind of a fun environment, but also a great opportunity to raise awareness and talk to other people that you would have never known otherwise. I think there's a lot of restaurants that look to try to have some kind of impact in the community, and it's a great opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. You, if you ask, you'll be surprised. There'll be, there'll be restaurants, not all restaurants, but there, there are restaurants out there that would be more than happy to partner with you in that way. So talking about awareness, but what's, what's another kind of event that we might be focused on, Nathan? Okay. The second uh, way that you can uh, do an event is uh, what I call building relationships. And so this is an event where probably more geared towards your donors, your volunteers, other community stakeholders, people that are connected to you. So think of a little bit more of an insider uh, group for this. And the purpose of this type of event is to build a deeper, more meaningful relationship with the people who already love you. Now, this doesn't mean, Tim, that there might be, you know, you may have a donor that comes to an event and brings 
some uh, guests with them or their neighbors or brings people with you. So it's not like you say, no, we don't know you, so you can't come. You know, we're not talking about that. But the, but the event is geared around people who already know you, understand what you do, and already love you. So that's the, that's the group that we're talking about. So, all right. So what is this, uh, what does this event look like? Well, kind of the typical ones would be a gala, uh, a donor appreciation event, uh, an awards banquet. You know, maybe you have some type of an award that you give away. Uh, could be a, an auction. You know, those are kind of the typical, uh, events that kind of go around this. And, but it, it, these are different than the ones that we just talked about because you need, people to listen to you. All right. So typically they're sit down dinner or, well, they could be standing too, Tim, some, because these could be outdoors. So it could be standing, but either way, they sit in one spot so that you can visit with donors face to face. So if you're in a, in a golf outing or in a 5k run, you know, in a 5k run, Tim, people are running. So it's hard to have a 20 minute conversation or a 15 minute conversation with somebody when they're moving and doing things. So you want to be able to do some face to face conversations at these. Um, you also want to be able to tell your story in a more meaningful way. You, you want more than two and a half minutes or three minutes to have this, that be able to share the story. Maybe a, a video, you want to show a video. So you've got to have time to do that. And then another great thing in these type of events is to have someone who benefited from your organization tell their story. So somebody who is a uh, somebody who benefited from what you do, having them at these events and having them share their story is a powerful, powerful tool. Yeah, that's really, really good. And I think you want them to to walk away from that experience going, wow, I am so glad I'm part of this organization or it's great the work that they're doing. You want, you want them to kind of walk away really excited to, to be connected. Yeah, absolutely. So now there are some limitations to this event too. And one of those is that it is, these type of events are very taxing on staff and volunteers. There's a, is a heavy front end load, load labor load to get everyone planned, get everything planned, and then to actually implement the uh, the event. When you do events like this, you really want to put your best foot for, for you know, your best foot for, forward. It, it's your donors, if something goes wrong, it's not the end of the world. Your donors will understand it, it's okay. But you really want to have the the flow of the evening to be very well, very good, so that everybody has a great uh, experience and a great time. So it, there's a lot of planning the day of, the event of, there's a whole lot of details that have to be done. So if you are, you're the only one, you know, if you're a, a solo shop, if you don't have volunteers, if you don't have a lot of staff, it could be really tough to do one of these. This could be an opportunity for kind of a high capacity volunteer you know, that you may know of, we, we did an event and we had someone who was actually an event planner who was really connected to our organization. And she goes, Hey, I'll, I'll give some of my time to help pull this off. And so that, again, she just, she stepped in and, and helped us where we, we didn't have the expertise and it was really good. So there may be a high capacity volunteer that could jump in. Yeah. And you know, one of the things we talk about here at, at the podcast a lot is, 
as executive directors in, in smaller organizations, you know, we all have our own expertise. You know, there's all part of, you know, it could be program or it could be finance or it could be fundraising. It could be marketing, whatever. As, as executive directors, we have our own skill sets that we bring to the job. But when you're an executive director of a small organization, unfortunately, you have to be an expertise in everything. Well, okay, but I don't, I'm not a, I'm not an event uh, person. I'm not an event planner. Um, I am not a detail person. That is not my skill set. So in an event, I should be nowhere near planning an event or, you know, the day of event. That is just not me. So yeah, having somebody else that can do that, that's really good at that and have, has expertise in that would be really, really, really valuable. All right. Another primary limitation, Tim, can be high end front end cost. You know, every center rental food, decorations, those are all expenses that go into this type of event. Now, you might be able to negotiate some of the costs uh, to come in after the event, and hopefully you've raised enough money to the event to offset that, but there's still always deposits. So front-end costs can be a, a limiting uh, a limiting uh, issue. And then thirdly, an- another limitation is in this type of event is having visuals. So you need to have maybe a video or brochures or infographics. You need to have stuff that, that are part of this event. And if you don't have those things ahead of time, getting them created, getting the, the actual printed and those, those are some expertise and it takes some time. And so that could be a, a, a bit of a limitation as well. I I think the, the key thing to keep in mind, Nathan, is... It's so easy for us to compare ourselves to others, like other organizations are doing other things. And I think you need to be true to yourself. So what is it that you, what do you have? Who do you have? Uh, you know, who are your, who are the people that maybe have some expertise and visuals? You know, who are those who can organize things? Don't try to do the greatest, best, most incredible thing. Be who you are. And I think people will appreciate that. Do whatever you do really well, but you don't have to be extravagant to tell the story and connect with people's hearts. And so, yes, there are limitations, but think ahead, bring people around you and be who you are. I think is a really important thing to keep in mind. Yeah, and, and it, it kind of goes back to the values of the organization. And, you know, a lot of times doing less, but doing less better mm-hmm. turns out uh, has a better outcome than trying to do more and not doing it quite as well. So these events are, are a perfect place uh, for that. To, you know, do what you can, do it well, and your donors and your volunteers will respond to that. Can you can you talk a little bit about is fundraising in this as well, or how, how does that how does that show up in this kind of an event? Yeah, absolutely, and you can raise money in this type of event. Sometimes, though, it, it's a little awkward in these type of events if you're not doing a strong ask. People struggle with this if it's a type of a cultivation event or, or a thank you event. So, you know, it's like, okay, do we say something about this as we're making comments? Do we have envelopes at the table? You know, is there, are we doing it? Are we not doing it? And typically, if your donors are confused, if they don't know if they're supposed to give or if they're going to give or don't know how to give, they're just flat out not going to give. 
so you can you can generate revenue from this type of an event, but it just it it, it could be a little, real murky if you aren't very clear on what you're what you're trying to achieve. And I know Tim, you had a you had in a situation once where you guys had a purely thank you event and you actually ended up raising money that night. Yeah. So our organization was 10 years old and we just wanted to say thank you to those people who had stuck with us and had seen, you know, the growth of the organization and been a part of it. So we invited him to come to an event. It was a, it was a kind of very laid back dinner. It wasn't high class. We had barbecue. We did just, just really laid back. But it was a thank you and to hear the story of 10 years. But one of the things we did do is we realized that some people may come thinking that it was time to give and they were ready to give. So we did have envelopes on the table. And we basically said, hey, we've just invited you to come and say thank you. We actually had some mugs with our logo on that everybody got. So we we had some thank you gifts for them. Our primary focus was not fundraising, but again, we knew people might want to give. So we just said there are envelopes there. If you've come tonight ready to give, feel free to do that. But we just want to say thank you. And I I don't remember exactly how much it was. I think we were surprised with some of the some of the gifts that were given. But uh yeah. So it was it was a it was a really nice event. I think people walked away feeling very appreciative. And very excited to be part of what this organization was doing. Yeah, it's a great example, Tim. Uh, whenever you're talking with donors, especially existing donors who know you, love you, have been cultivated, and they love the organization, you never know. Bringing them together, setting them in a setting, they were excited about what was happening. They heard the stories. They saw how you were saving lives. And they felt moved and they they responded. And that absolutely can happen. And when that happens, that's great. I mean, hey, when a check comes in, you go to the post office or if, if the mail comes right to your uh, to your organization and you open that open up that check and there's a two hundred dollar or five hundred dollar or oh my gosh, a thousand dollar gift in there and you had no idea it was coming, that is awesome. That said, it hope or money showing up is is not it's not the kind of strategy that we really want to go into right i mean we we want to have a little more strategy and tactics towards our fundraising so you just you never know and you know what tim ultimately doing something is better than doing nothing and so you pull people together pull people together you share the story and ultimately good things are going to happen well, we've talked about an awareness event and we've talked about a relationship building event. I think there's a third one. There is. And this is a fundraising event. And first and foremost, if you want to maximize the revenue of your event, then you need to market it as a fundraising event way in advance. Your donors need to know even before they leave their house that they are going to be asked to write a check at that event. And, you know, this happened to my wife and I a few years ago, and we got invited to uh, an organization here in town. Uh, one of our neighbors uh, were very active in that organization, and so they, they invited us. And so we went, and we had, a, we, we had a great event, and we didn't 
yeah, it's an event and, you know, I'm in the, in the fundraising world, Tim. So I should have known better. Uh, but we, we went to the event, we got there and we, we knew a little bit about it, but throughout the course of the evening, we heard stories from the executive director and we heard some volunteers speak and some, uh, had a, I think we had one person who had benefited from the organization who speak. And by the end of the night, my wife and I were looking at each other and it was like, oh my gosh, we, we got to write a check. I mean, we're going to write a check tonight. And I looked to my wife and I said, where's the checkbook? Uh, and she looked at me and said, well, I don't know, where's the checkbook? Well, we hadn't brought the checkbook, Tim. And the checkbook was at home. And so because we weren't fully prepared or understanding that we were going to write a check that night, we, we didn't. And I, I'm kind of sad. This is terrible to say, Tim, but we never did. We never circled back. They never called us. They never, there was no follow up. And this was uh, pre COVID. This is probably like 2018. And to this day, I haven't, I haven't written the check. And so your people have to know ahead of time. If you, if this is really about we're going to fundraise, you know, 5,000, 10,000, 20,000, whatever it is, if you're going to maximize revenue, your people have got to know before they ever leave the house what you're doing. Do you think in this kind of a situation, Nathan, it's it's important or good to say, here's our goal. Here's what we want to raise for this event. Yeah, I, I, I do. On the events that I run, we have a set goal ahead of time and we our people know that that's what we're trying to do. And, you know, for a lot of a lot of people. In this type of event. The actual, the bigger gifts that are coming in, that those are won or lost way before the, the event ever takes place. You know, the cultivation is done. The relationship building is done. Sometimes, I, you know, we've already made the ask ahead of time. And it's that night is kind of the culmination of, you know, all of the hard work and all of the, all of the conversations and all of the newsletters and all of the social media and everything comes into that one night. And I mean, there's organizations who do, they might do 30, 40, 50, 60% of their night in one night. Well, that doesn't happen by chance. It, 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 all of that work is done ahead of time. And then it culminates in that, in that big night. So if you're going to run that type of a fundraising event, then you, you've got to be out in front of that and you have to be moving towards a goal to get everybody excited about hitting that goal. Is there any limitations on this? One of the limitations is, as the executive director, you have got to be ready to make a hard ask. So what's the difference between a soft ask and a hard ask? All right. So here's here's a soft ask. Now, you could use this in the relationship building event, or if you're doing a hardcore uh, fundraising event, this is how not to do it. So you stand up, you're, you, you've got your five minutes, seven minutes, eight minutes, whatever it is you're, that you're talking to the group, everybody in the room. And you tell the story of someone, your organization changed their life or saved their life where you made a big impact. And you end with your generous gifts made this possible. And we are so thankful for everything you do. We could not do this without you. And you stop and everybody claps and, you know, and then, you know, things go away. You know, the event goes the rest of the night. Now, if you end that way, you've, you've done some things right. You, you've told stories, you've talked about how uh, life transformation took place or saving life, whatever the case may be. So you've done some good things there, but you still have not 
you've left it open to interpretation by the people there. So try this as, as, an, as a second example. So you tell the same story and you end with this. Your generous gifts made this possible. We are so thankful for everything you do, but we're not done. There is more to accomplish. There are so many people who still need our help. Your generous gift tonight will make sure that we have what we need to help even more people just like so-and-so, whoever the story was about, just like so-and-so. Your gift tonight will change the lives of the people we serve. So that is a much harder ask. You are making a specific ask for people tonight to pull out their checkbook and write the check. And if you can't, if you can't ask like that, if you can't be in front of a group of people and, and say those words, you'll, you'll struggle maximizing revenue at, at a purely fundraising event. That's really good, Nathan. I, th- I think I'm taking away from our conversation around these three events, uh, how important it is to really define what is the primary purpose. And that seems like that's something that that often is lost <laughs> in the conversation. We need to we need to identify why are we doing this event. Yeah, and and once you figure out whether what type of those three things, if you're trying to do awareness or if you're doing a cultivation uh event or if you're doing a hardcore fundraising event, those are those are different things and they have different components to it and you know, maybe the event could be the even the same in one or two of the categories but how you approach it and the tactics that you use are different depending on which of those uh, goals that you're trying to achieve. So when you're doing these events, make sure that you and your team are very clear on what you're trying to do first, then build it uh, after that. Well, I think you've got a pro tip for us, right? As we finish up. (laughs) I do. I've got one last little thing for you. And this is really important. And when it comes to events, you've got to be doing this no matter which of these three types of events you're doing. And if you're the executive director, you have Tim's and my personal, uh, personal, uh, what's the word I want? Tim and my permission. Thank you. You have Tim's and my personal permission to totally delegate all responsibilities to someone else on your team. When these events happen, you should have nothing to do with actually carrying out the event when the day of the event takes place. So if the caterer has a question about food, that's not your job. That goes to somebody else. If you run out of name tags, not your problem. That's got to be somebody else's job to figure that out. If you need to add another table and chairs because you have more people than you thought you were going to, well, congratulations. That's awesome. It's a great problem to have, but it's not your problem. You should be spending your time with donors face-to-face, having conversations, deeping builder relationships, no matter which one of these three events you do, and somebody else should be worrying about what's happening in that minute and making sure that everything goes as best as it possibly can. So you now have the permission to let somebody else do that while you focus on donors. Remember, your only job at that event is to connect with donors. That's why you're there. That's your job. So, all right, well, let's bring this home, Tim. Events can be a powerful tool to help your organization. Just make sure you are very clear about what goals you want to accomplish with your event and then build your event that is best suited to meet those goals. 
Thank you for listening today. If you're benefiting from what's being shared on this podcast, tell someone else about it. Invite them to listen. And we'd love to hear how the podcast is benefiting you. If you'd like to get in touch with us, our contact information can be found in the show notes. That's all for today. Until next time.